Welcome to Six Second Sobriety. This is Duncan in a very brief, just a thought right now, man. It's kind of weird that this came up today. I'm sitting having coffee with my friend, not my girlfriend, my friend, who has uh, told me about, she has this book called Under the Influence by Kathleen Ketchum, K and a K. I would encourage you to get that. It's available on Amazon. It's called Under the Influence. If you have your wits about you, I don't give a shit. You're drinking hard, man. You read that thing, it'll scare the living crap out of you. At the very least, it'll just scare the crap out of you. And maybe, just maybe, you're not alcoholic and you're just a hard drinker and something like that or a doctor telling you're gonna die or in my aunt's case my net my cousin saying I am never coming back home the day you left for college because she was a whore drunk who was by the way 15 years sober when I got sober she helped me she was the one that kind of nudged me in to my recovery, right? So, anyway, we got talking about parents and employers and wives and brothers and sisters. And it was really kind of a profound... So, here's the thing. She's normal. And I always learn stuff from normal people. Because I don't have I don't have that perspective, right? My perspective is from the alcoholic's point of view <coughs> in recovery, helping people that come in that are also heavy drinkers, alcoholics, trying to figure that shit out, and they either stay or they go, right? Permanent sobriety is very rare, bro. Okay, like I'm lucky that I'm in a group with a bunch of guys, and you know, anyway. So today just on top of this, we had this big book meeting um, in the recovery, you know, it's the text, whatever you call it, right? I think everybody, no matter what 12-step program they're in, they kind of relate to the word big book, the term big book, because that's your text in NA or AA or GA or whatever your salt and pepper is, man. Very quickly, though, that, you know, her brother's Alki, right? Real Alki, never recovered, died. So, she said, you know, that they were so concerned, not her, but she has, I can't remember how it came up, but somebody she knows, they were so concerned about their family's reputation that they just allow this drunk to become an addict and to live on the streets and keep bailing them out and bailing them out paying for lawyers because they don't want a son that's in jail. So it's more socially acceptable. You get sympathy. Your family, you got to listen to me right now, man. Your family gets sympathy As long as you're out there, oh, he's got a horrible drinking problem, he's an addict, especially addicts, 
alcoholics are a pariah. Addicts are like, oh, they can't help it. He's an addict. That fucking shit, man, drives me crazy. But this is the deal. It is absolutely true. Like, addicts get this kind of a free ride, whereas alcoholics are, ooh, alcoholics, ugh, that's a, we're, we're, we're a pox on, you know, it's like a leper. So it was really weird, like, that little moment I had today, sitting with her, somebody with a, with a, a drunk, you know, real bad alcoholic brother, and me with my alcoholism and long-term recovery profound that you're, do you realize that? Your family leaves you out there hanging when you could be in jail and safe. You don't want to go to rehab. Maybe they don't want to put you in rehab. They don't want, they can't afford it or, you know, most guys, by the time you get fucked up is, you know, you're fired from your job and you don't have any insurance anyway and all that kind of crap. But isn't that a profound realization? Like, think about your family. Are they so goddamn wrapped up in their reputation that they're going to let you die out there? Because eventually, if you read this Catherine Ketchum book, Under the Influence, you will see the progression and you will know where you're at in your progression to alcoholism, doesn't, it's just like, everything's a progression, running a marathon, you run one mile, then two, then three, then five, then twenty-three, whatever, it's a very slow deterioration, but your body does break down, I'm not going to get into all the details, man, but I was, when I came in, I would, if I yelled, I would shit. If I ate, like, you know, sort of uh, anything spicy or solid food, kind of like that, I'd throw up. I was throwing up. It is just a miracle that I didn't have some kind of esophageal issues, bleeding, all that kind of crap. I was throwing up at least three times a day. And uh, two of those times a day that I was throwing up, I was forcing myself to throw up so I could drink more. Does that sound like a normal person to you? Or just a heavy drinker? Oh, yeah, he just got a little bit of a problem. He could slow down if he wanted to. Does that sound like somebody like that? No. All right, then. So anyway, I just sort of came up today got to look at your family, and if you're somebody's family, if you're some, if you're a, a drunk's mom, or dad, or brother, or sister, examine your motives, please, do you just, oh yeah, you know, Jimmy's just a drunk, you know, he's just, a, he's the black sheep of the family, he can't help it, he's, or, or do you, or if Jimmy's a drunk, do you call him an addict? Because addicts are, oh, nobody knows. You know, an addict, when, for a long time ago, like in the 60s and 70s, an addict was a bad, that was just as much of a pariah, a pox on society, as an alcoholic. You say the word alcoholic, ooh, that's a real hard word to say. 
when you're talking about somebody you love or in your family or or that you're no you look fucking brothers an alcoholic you fuck up. You can do it a lot of different ways, but if you're one of these family members, is your reputation you, is it that important? Is it worth your brother's life, your son's life, really? Even if they're in jail, they're safe. Don't watch too much TV. Nobody's going to get a shiv up their ass because they're drunks in jail. All right? So, enough of that, right? Sorry, Emily. This is the... Man. That just blow my mind, man. Like, you motherfuckers could be so selfish that you let the alcoholic die. Do you know there was only one person in my life? My parents had... They still really... They never believed, they're both dead now, but they never really believed I was alcoholic. One person identified, and it was my wife, right? Um, she became my wife. I don't know how on earth she put up with me for the last two years that we, before we got married, but she did. But there, there's an angel right there. That's really an absolutely one of the angels that was sent to me. And uh, patience of the saint. Unbelievable. So, anyway. And then, you know, in the process, she got burned a lot. Right? So, she, her patience wore thin. But after I got sober, it was, you know, she was fine. Right? She's like, oh, okay. I think it's going to work out. And we stuck together. I don't have any idea. I'm rambling now, but you know, I'll tell you, man, if you have a, a mom or dad or a family member, put them onto this particular episode in this podcast and look them in the eye while they're listening. Just sit there across the table with them while they're listening. You can take, you know, fucking nine, ten minutes without having a drink or a drug or a, some shit. And uh, just test them, all right? Because they love you, but they don't want to, you know, they don't want to admit, like, oh, yeah, I got an alcoholic. All right, that's enough already, right? Mm-hmm.